0: Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step. Watch it on the news, what you are gonna do I could hit profession forget Used to keep it cool Todd, I would like to start this episode of Her Ice with my sincerest apology for forgetting to put in the micro SD card and losing 45 minutes of absolute
1: Gold. I like to put it down as a uh, rehearsal opportunity. A
0: little dress rehearsal?
1: Yeah. I feel dressed. I feel rehearsed. <laughs> I think it's time to go forward. Well,
0: you, if you feel dressed, why don't you tell us where you can get some of the oh. finest threads in Minnesota.
1: <laughs> Your this is, this
0: is already cleaner than... Uh, Your segue
1: is so clean. But, hey, welcome, folks, to Episode 2, Season 3 of Her Ice. It's a podcast where we discuss topics focusing on Minnesota girls' hockey. And one of our great sponsors this week is the Minnesotan. That's right. If you were looking for some sweet threads as the high school season is underway. And maybe an old school swag you're looking for. Maybe an old White Bear Mariner shirt or oh, hat. Okay. I'll throw okay. back a little bit there. There's um, the
0: St. Bernard's t-shirt on there,
1: too. Oh, that would be d- dandy. But right now, let me tell you, if you were looking for some really cool stuff, they got a really cool deal on some winter knit hats. Um, one of my favorites is, I know this is a high school podcast, but there's a Ham's uh, old-school beer hat that's on that's really super retro, and that's right in my ballpark because my father-in-law, my wife's grandfather worked at the Ham's brewery for 30 years, so it's a, kind of a family heirloom, and we have a lot of Ham signs around our garage and at the cabin, so uh, it puts a, a little bit in our heart with anything that says Ham's on it. But, folks, if you're also looking for, like, say, Minnesota Fighting Saints hat or maybe an old St. Paul Vulcans Ooh. winter hat, Ooh, Check out the okay, Minnesotans in beautiful, okay. located downtown White Bear Lake. And, hey, guess what? If you mention us, YHH, you'll get a 15% discount. Ooh, okay. I can take the- 15%. Yeah, off. I think so. But one thing I want to take right now is I want to take this moment to really tell you how excited I am about this podcast because one last time that we kind, of, we kind of took a week break in there because we had a squirt tackle in the middle of it. And for those in the high school world unaware uh, of what the squirt tackle is, that's a basically a squirt level. Mm-hmm. Um, levels A and Levels B. Within there's even more different differential. Yeah. But we have 80 teams that we somehow put up at the Super Rank. God bless them. We have eight ranks, and so uh, managing logistical nightmare at times um, with uh, three different entrances and charging admission and getting teams in and fans in. But in all in all, uh, it boils down to we were so oh my gosh we had no time to breathe because we're getting ready for one of our biggest tournaments of the season so that's why we took a little break from the podcast so we are back here and the great thing about today's podcast on top of that we missed you last week is that we actually have some games to talk about <gasps> which puts some meat thank goodness into Peter's top ten slash five picks from last week so let's jump into Monday I saw you crunch the numbers on Sunday night outside of ranks five and six at the soup so let's jump on that double a let's talk about games that were going on that made you want to put them in the top 10
0: if you gotta look at my legal pad from Sunday afternoon I write out the top 10 in black and then I add little notations in red about why they should move sure or why they should stay the same mm-hmm. and my legal pad looks like the Eden Prairie fan club there was red and black all over the paper
1: Ooh. and it was
0: honestly it was it got to be too hard to follow so let's uh let's run through the top 10 for class to a andover stays at number one no change from the preseason uh, the huskies have outscored their first four opponents now when the rankings came out they'd only played three games they've outscored their first four opponents 41 to 1 albeit against a schedule that's not nearly as rigorous as the Huskies normally play in the early season. They typically start the year against Edina, which comes in at number two. Hornets have done really well since losing starting goaltender Uma Cornier uh, to an injury. Sarah Swan has posted three shutouts, and I think there was a period in there from another goaltender. Uh, Number three, we've got Minnetonka. Number four, Maple Grove. Maple Grove was originally number three. They dropped one slot. They ran into Haley Hanson in the season opener and were shut out on 50 saves. I mean, what what are you going to do against a goalie that posts a 50-save shutout? how do
1: you beat a good team?
0: A good goalie. A good goalie. Good at, goalie. At number five, we've got Benold St. Margaret's. Six, Rozo. Seven, Hill Murray. Hill Murray is for real. Saw them on Tuesday night. They for real. Really, really good. Stillwater at number eight, Blaine at number nine, basically on the back of Haley Hanson. And then Holy Family, a uh, little bit of a weird start to the season. The fire at 1-1-1, one, one and one, so they, I mean, drop. I'll put drop in air quotes because they move from 7 to 10 from the preseason. Uh, Rozo may drop a little bit next week, considering they just lost to Warroad. Powerful Warroad. Takes over as number one in Class A. Yep, hang up the hat, wave it I'm around. waving
1: it. I'm waving it because of Gino Hendrickson and her 5.9 on Thursday. And again, uh, in our pre-game, uh, our pre-podcast uh, meeting, a uh, little surprised about that score, being 7-1. Being yes. that is two teams oh, that don't gosh. like each other, boys, girls, doesn't make it. They could play underwater basket weaving, and I think they would hate each other at that time.
0: There would be some bloodshed during underwater. There would
1: be during Chinese checkers. Somebody weaving. would lose a finger. But still, that the fact that World uh, put a thumping on the Rams, 7-1, and that was at the Garden, so I mean, they had a little home cooking, if you would. Not much <laughs> home cooking, uh, with no, probably only no 150 way. people in in attendance. But still, a little shocker that Warroad beat them that bad. So, yeah, putting a, putting a team like Rose into running
0: time certainly bodes well for Warroad going forward. So the Warriors come in at number one. By virtue of the fact that they beat Breck in the season opener, Chisago Lakes comes in at number two. Breck is at number three, which is probably the lowest that the Mustangs have been ranked during the season in, you know, a decade.
1: Well, since they had lost to a Class A team in, what, 700-plus
0: days? November of 2018 was the last time they lost a regular season game against a Class A opponent. Uh, number four, we've got South St. Paul. And number five, Proctor-Hermantown. Proctor-Hermantown, an interesting case they'd – At the time of the rankings being published, they'd only played one game. So that's probably why they're at number
1: five. And SSP just recently lost on Tuesday, so um, that was after the rankings came through because yeah. they lost. There will there'll be Ridge. some
0: jostling next Monday. There will be some jostling. I
1: think it's like the AA two, where AA's got the top two, which is the, you know the Huskies and the Hornets, and basically in single A you've got the the Warriors, mm-hmm. and everybody below those are just going to be jostling back and forth, you know, for nothing else either looking to get you know top seed or number two seed in their section. I mean, mind you, the top 10 is for, you know, it's for water cooler or um, what's a good version of water cooler conversation now since it no. always sits by water cooler.
0: Uh, would it be like the chat inside a Zoom video? Like you, oh, can, yes, you yes. can pull up one other person yes. and have a private chat. Or com- so, uh, while you're sitting there on a Zoom with your boss, you could be privately chatting with
1: another employee. Yeah. Talking about high school uh standings and what's hot and what's not and who's moving and who's shaking so um what's moving and shaking is um we're trying to get back to our regular format we like to we're going to mix it up a little bit i know uh it's one of a yhh thing is kind of always doing something a little different but we want to focus <laughs> on some things that are really cool there's some surprises this year and me and peter would like to so focus on three teams that we, eh, a little bit of a surprise if you look at the standings maybe for that community you're not surprised but from our perspective a little bit of a surprise. So the first one I'm going to take over since Peter Peter's busy uh, clipping his toenails. Well,
0: uh, I, I'm ready. I'm waiting for you to. Take, I know. The, take I, the ball I, I, and run.
1: I'm, ro- I'm rolling. And for my first ball, I'm going to roll with is going to be Mount Westaca. Mount tonka start off the season very strong. Uh, they've started the season off five and zero. All five of their wins have been, you know, I mean, Delano Rockford was a seven two. Simley was four two. And then after they kind of rolled through the next three teams after that. But I think the the, the big pieces there is they kind of they're holding on to that right County. Uh, I'm sorry, the Wright uh, Conference, Wright County Conference, what have you. And, and part of it, too, is because they've had some really strong leadership. Uh, they've got the seniors are kind of pulling the weight. We've got Grace Peterson, who's got 14 points. They have Sidney Leonard, who has nine goals, five assists. Those are the two catapults in the, in the scoring for uh, Mount Weston. Are they going by the Whitehawks? Hawks, right? The White like Hawks. The, like the, the youth team, okay. Uh, I want to make sure I didn't say the wrong team because I know there's an old friend of mine that actually went to Mound back when it was the Mohawks back in the day. Mound
0: West Tonka Mohawks.
1: No, they were just Mound. It was just oh, Mound, mound Mohawks. Mound Mohawks, yes. Okay. On the west side of the of the lake. Um but to end off our Mo our our Mo our Mound West Tonka, uh, they have a senior goalie by the name of Callie Nelson, uh doing very well in that. That's what's you know helping them. Uh, she has four of the five wins. For MW, uh, within those five, she's only given a four goals, so she has a one uh, GAA, not too bad, say a percentage of 938 with two shutouts. So uh, the net is looking good uh, for Mount West Tonka.
0: It all starts out from the net.
1: It does, it does. Peter, what's another team that you feel a little bit surprised so far this early season? A little bit of a surprise,
0: River Lakes in the Central Lakes Conference. River Lakes sitting at 5-0. and oh. They'll take on Sartell Sock Rapids tonight. But mm. we won't get into that until we get to our uh, oh, our yeah. big game section. That is a tease. That is what we call the business. Oh, River Lakes takes down Bemidji 5-3 in the season opener, beats Fergus Falls 6-0. A big win in terms of who they played against Brainerd Little Falls, the Class 2A runner-up two seasons ago, 2-1, beating St. Cloud, who's got a quality team, 2-1, and beating Alexandria, who might be one of the most underrated Class 2A teams in the state, 3-2, on Tuesday, so River Lakes five and zero, a surprising team. Kiana Roski leads the team in scoring with five goals and eight points. She's a Minnesota State commit, Mankato State for you old timers. And I, yes. I believe it's a sister. It could be a cousin. You, you can never be totally sure. Cadence Roski, the eight, eighth eighteen, the eighth grade goaltender with a th- has a three and zero record, has stopped eighty five of eighty nine shots so far for a nine fifty five save percentage and a shutout. I like River. Likes early this season.
1: So when you think of a shutout, what is that number? What like, that,
0: what, like, what's that number of shots you face to make it like a decent no, shutout? but
1: when you think of a shutout, what is that? What does that look like? So what do you start a shutout with? A big old. It's a donut. big. It's a big O, is it? Zero. You know what also starts with the letter O? Owatana. Oh my gosh! What? O. W- Owatana is. Another one of our surprises so far this year. That's called that, a segue, right that there. That
0: segue was just about as awkward as your last prom night.
1: No, right here. You see that? Just reeling in. Just reeling it in. Just, oh my gosh. But hey, speaking of real, there are not many <laughs> fishing lakes down in Town. I think we talked about the closest lake that I can remember down that 507 area is probably Lake Faribault, I think. But, um,. Moving on forward, time has actually started off really nice. They they were scheduled for five games. They've played four because they did have one game most postponed against Mayo. Um, most of their games have been kind of lopsided a little bit. Um, they kind of thumped Mankato West, uh, beats Rochester Century 7-1. They beat Mankato East 5-3, so that's a good win for them, I feel. Red Wing was a thumping. But I think more of the pieces that they're kind of on top here. Owatonna is not really well known for their hockey. Growing up in the 507, like I did, um, Owatonna was one of the cities, no matter what the sport was, you had to go through them to get to the section finals. It was either them or Rochester. You know, Mayor John Marshall didn't make a difference. Those are two. If you beat those two schools, you were probably going to be in the section finals. Just one oh, of those no. years. I don't okay. care what the sport was football. Old Town used to have an unbelievably good wrestling program. I mean, they had heavyweights. You're like, there's no way you're a high school senior. <laughs> You've got to be a 23-year-old Im- John Belushi. Some, uh,
0: some farm employees.
1: At Faber College, there's no way you're a high school senior. You have you have facial hair nowadays. That doesn't make a difference. But anyway, Old Town, they are led by – they have four players on their team with 11 or more points. They have Samantha Borgen, Anna Herzog, Olivia Herzog. I'm guessing they're probably related. And also Ezra, great first name. Uh, O O N I hope I'm saying that, O-I-E-N. They all have 11 or plus points, so they're pushing Owatana to do some good things. Uh, In the net for them is Ava Wolf, uh, who's got all four of the victories. Uh, She's only given up five goals so far this year, and so she's got a nice 1.25 GAA. In a segue, the big game coming up for them, because it just goes into our next segment. (laughs) You can't be a segue without a segment is that Oatana is going against other also undefeated Northfield tonight this at the big North, time game at here. the Northfield Ice Arena. We're gonna slide into some games that we think are gonna be really important for you to pay attention to, whether A you can attend them, which is amazing. Peter's already has a couple emails. He's hoping to get those responses as I'm we're still speaking. Waiting on it. Well got... actually during our first broadcast of today's bo- podcast, he sent the email. <laughs> so now we're just waiting for the response.
0: I oh 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 I've got two emails in my inbox. Oh right
1: they're now. coming. Let's see if they're pertaining to the game that you'll chat about. But anyway, Oatana and Northfield go head-to-head today. Uh, Both are undefeated. They're both in Big 9 Conference. is obviously on top because they have four wins. But last year they split. And if I do remember from before, I think Oatana beat them in the sections last year. In the
0: section quarterfinal. No, 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 Northfield. Northfield was the four-seed. Oatana was the five-seed at Northfield. Topped Oatana in the section quarters as the four-seed Northfield went to the section finals before they lost. Um, Peyton Fox has got four goals for Northfield. Jess Boland's got three assists. Peyton Fox has four of the team's six goals. They might need some extra scoring if they're going to get past the Huskies to start off. Tonight's game.
1: Tonight's game. Tonight's game. That's the biggest one we see. There's a couple big games that are going to be tomorrow and a couple big games on Saturday. Uh, The big game, as we kind of teased a little bit earlier, is actually over there in the right county, Conference Ooh. is going to be Mound West Tanka taking on Orno. Mound West Tanka right now is five and zero. Orno is two oh and one. And these two teams, now mind you, um, they combine for youth. So it's mm-hmm. the Orno westonka as a youth, kinda of like the Chaska Chan, but when they get to high school, they split. So you can have some frenzies some pals, some chums, but now when you get to high school, we split, and also, they have also had a couple players to transfer. We had the the Necom sisters last year that transferred. Mm. So I'm not saying there's bad blood or animosity between these two towns, but it's going to be a big battle because, obviously, if Mound can win, they're going to be solid with a 6-0, and they're going to have a firm grip on that conference. Or no, if they can, they can win, then they're on their way up. They're climbing up that ladder to see if they can catch with a big – conference win for them
0: and yeah, it's going to be an emotional game kind of bummed that i won't be able to uh to see that once a little out of our our distance range Mount west tonka maybe it's just because they've been able to play five games as opposed to orono's three games Mount west tonka has the top five leading scorers in the Wright county conference like we just mentioned grace peterson and sydney leonard leading the way for orono it's kylie necum and kaylee koopman a couple of familiar names if you followed any of our youth coverage through over the years. Uh, Necom and Koopman both have five points so far. Should be a dandy out in the Wright County
1: Conference. Should be a dandy. Another dandy that's going to come up on Friday Night Lights is going to be a big matchup in the Northwest Suburban Conference. It's going to be the Crimson and the Huskies. Oh, my gosh. Should be a big one. Now, mind you, this is Andover. Number one overall, who's going to touch them? Who's going to bring them down? So that's the question. Is Maple Grove strong enough with Tristana Tater, Tater Todd as we like to call her, does she have enough firepower as she's leading the Crimson in goals? And then also, Kasebo. Um, in mind. goal. In goal. I can't think of her first name. I want to give Brooke. her some Brooke. Brooke with an E. As a stopper uh, for the Crimson. So the question is, are she's probably going to see like 35, 40 saves at Somewhere least against the Huskies. But the question is, is the defense going to be able to slow down the Huskies? Yes, no.
0: I think that Maple Grove is one of the few teams in the state that can physically match up with the Huskies. The Huskies play an in-your-face style. They've got the bodies. They've got the strength to play that type of way. And I think Maple Grove is one of just a, a handful of teams that will be able to stand up to the Huskies' physical play. I'm still – I if we were playing a pick I would still take Andover in this one. But I think Maple Grove can give them a game.
1: And I will say I had firsthand experience with uh, one of the Huskies' leading scorers, Peyton Hemp. Ooh. I saw the softer side of her. She helped us at the, <laughs> the score very sweet person, very sweet gal. There's a softer side to Peyton. She was not the same nitty, gritty want to rip your head off with skates <laughs> on. She just she looked just like a normal high school kid, just wanted to make a buck. So yeah. it was great to see Peyton in person and got to meet her. Wished her good luck and she's excited about the season. So this is obviously a first and and as Peter had mentioned before in the top ten. This is gonna be the first really good test for Andover because they've basically played and they I just played, came up like, they, they put against hyphen teams
0: they unfortunately were, they've played cool, against
1: some hyphens yeah. and Andover uh, Anoka Spring Lake Park had a good year last year with uh, Mashuga but she's not there anymore you know so anyway good test for Andover to see let's put it this way they're not going to beat Maple Grove 12 to nothing no let's let's
0: just put it that way. i could see a 4-1 game i could see a 3-1 3-1 tends to be maple grove's sweet spot i'll say 3 one andover with shots on goal being 32 to 19 huskies that's a good pick. Wow. If we're not playing a pickem, we just picked that one, didn't we? We
1: did. We did. That was a <laughs> not em, pick-em, right. We have two more on Saturday we want to mention real quick with you. One of them, you're going to be like, why? The other one, you're like, whoa, that's whoa. a big one. Which one do you want to go first? The whoa or the... Mm, just keep on moving.
0: Let's let's start with the keep on moving one.
1: Keep on moving. All right. So, late conference game is going to be Eden Prairie, who is right now currently th- one and three. Mm-hmm. They had a big win this week, their first win on Tuesday against Buffalo in a six nothing win. Yep. Grace Kuyper's with two goals and assists to power the Eagles. They are traveling to the pick the Plymouth Ice Center in Plymouth to take on the mighty ladies of Troy. Their record does not show right now. Wayzata is one and two, but of course, you know how that late conference goes. It's basically Edina and Minnetonka, and everybody else.
0: Fifteen and ten in the late conference is like twenty and five almost anywhere else.
1: Correct. And so the reason I picked this game not only is it two two teams that we've kind of and and In was on that fence for for Peter. I
0: almost, call me call me Tony again, and I swear I will walk. out. I will stop. This I will bo- walk out. I will <laughs> intentionally botch another podcast. Call me Tony again.
1: Peter was unsure about whether to put EP in the top 10. You're going to do it pre- again. I can pre- pre- already, no, I'm I not going to do it. it. No, I'm going to right here. Peter, right here. So, I don't- <laughs> But he, <laughs> he had EP on the fence, and then we looked at a couple other preseason top 10s. And he's like,
0: I got cold feet.
1: Oh, I got to put them in the top 10. not saying they're not worthy, but right now we're kind of waiting for them to blow up. So this is a good game for both of them. If either one of them are going to – I'm not saying it's going to be the make or break and they're going to have to play again later on the season, but if you're sitting on one wing, two and three is a lot better than one and four.
0: This is – I wouldn't call it a get right game because I think get right is more attributed to playing a team where you know you're supposed to win, score a lot of goals and get your confidence back. But I think you would – the winning team in this case sets themselves up for – not easier sledding, but it would be certainly nice to get a win over a high-quality team like the Eagles or the Trojans.
1: EP, they win it, that gives them two in a row. Next one after that, then it's a winning streak. They go on the right two, direction.
0: G- two, game, two games in a row, it's a run. Three games, it's the streak.
1: We don't have a term I for the I don't know what yet. four is yet. <laughs> That's a run. I don't know. Anyway. One last game we want to talk about. This is the whoa game. This, this is, game. this is a good game. This is a dang good game, folks. If you're on the east side and you live in St. Paul, holy mackerel, please tell me that you're oh, a parent. Do you have any way to get on hockey TV and buy this one? Benilde, 3-0. Hillmury, 4-0. That's There's going to be game. one of the best games so far this year. This is, this is like the, like the Dinah andover game that we look forward to at the beginning of the season. This is the key matchup of the season so far, and it's only like week three.
0: If I hadn't have... If I hadn't have gone to the Hill-Murray game against Breck on Tuesday, ah, oh shoot, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have gone to that one. I should have gone to this Benilde Hill-Murray game. Be curious to see how the Benilde defense, which is loaded with Division I talent, handles the forecheck of the Hill-Murray Pioneers. Aldrich Arena is where cross-ice passes in the neutral zone go to die. So hopefully we see a good game if uh, – if the teams play like they can, I think we will.
1: And a little side note, because obviously um, I've got a little intel, being that uh, Benil does play in the Metro West, which is my hometown. Um, so Benil, when they played Jefferson early in the season, they only beat him one nothing. That game, they had five players out because of, for COVID, protocol or whatever the case was. Uh-huh. Um, and then this past weekend, we had a gal that was actually helping us at the Squirtacular, and I said, hey, how's things going? I wish you the best of luck. We got you this week, blah, blah, blah. And she said she thinks almost everybody should be back. So the key is they may not be back for tonight's game. And I'm not sure where they are on the protocol, but again, to be frank, in the way that aggressiveness that the Pioneers are, um, the Red Knights have to have everybody on deck for that game. So- I
0: don't disagree.
1: Well, good because I wasn't going to let you disagree because I had a good point. That was inside inside intel is what that was. I was like Tony Scott digging right there before he releases it to the world. Except I just it's, didn't go on it's Twitter.
0: Breaking news.
1: Yeah, breaking news. All right, folks. Um, well, actually I'm going to throw this to Peter. And my question is, do you want to go – do you want to talk about fogs or do you want to talk about bumps? What you want to go?
0: Let's do, uh, let's do fogs first. Okay. And then we'll close out with uh, happy thoughts.
1: Happy thoughts. All right, so this is not a bad thought. I want to, This is our segment that we like to talk um, – either we have a moment where we like to really share something awesome that happened, which we're going to talk about some great accomplishments this past week. But this is an, an issue that pops up within the girls' hockey or women's hockey that uh, kind of fogs your cage and kind of frustrates us a little bit. And this is a moment where I'm going to give the – I'm going to give the microphone over to Peter because it, it's, it's been stuck in his crawl for a couple days. Yesterday he was on the table dancing and, and screaming and yelling, <laughs> and I said, hey, just save it for the cast because that's where you're going to be able to share your energy, your frustration, but also your desire for the women's program to uh, keep going forward. So, Peter.
0: Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that I am a huge fan of girls and women's hockey. I don't think I would be on a podcast like this if I wasn't, and I don't think that YHH would spend the time on girls' high school hockey and girls' youth hockey that we do if we weren't fans. So the situation between the NWHL and the uh, sports media behemoth known as Barstool Sports, this is is not a good look for the NWHL, even if their principles are more in line with mine than people might think. Anyway, Erica Nardini, the CEO of Barstool Sports, has a podcast called Token CEO, And she published a video a couple of days ago that featured audio from the podcast uh, with Nardini saying that she loved women's hockey, supported it. Um, I think she's mentioned in the past that she'd be open to buying a team and she wants to see growth and expansion and all those other good things. That tweet that she put out also included graphics, uh, which were comments basically um, tearing down Nardini and Barstool. And the tweet was about calling out her haters. So that tweet went out and like so many things these days was not handled behind closed doors. Uh, It was handled out in the open on the Internet, which is where, you know, truth and justice prevail. (coughs) A player for the Metropolitan River Riveters in the NWHL, Soroya Tinker. She is a Yale alumna, according to her her Twitter bio. So obviously, obviously an educated individual.
1: Smart cat. uh,
0: Tweeted. In response to Eric Nardini's tweet, we as a league do not want support from any openly racist platform, point blank, period. If you as the CEO cannot recognize that your platform promotes that of white supremacy and only further divides the athletic community, perhaps we need to have a conversation. Please keep your money. Now, Tinker's tweet, she can say whatever she wants, obviously. It's her Twitter handle. Uh, Barstool has its warts. Okay. It does. And anyone who disagrees and that says Barstool doesn't have any warts or any skeletons hanging out uh, is just flat wrong. But considering that you play in a league that is financially struggled since its inception and is still looking for funding, I don't know if telling a company as highly valued as Barstool to keep their money is the Best move here, especially because it's not like the league is saying no, we don't want to partner with Barstool. It's one player saying it. Okay, so players came out in support of Soroya Tinker, and on the flip side, the director of hockey operations for the Riveters, and I'm going to butcher the name, Gabriel Eli. Helai, it's spelled G-J-E-L-A-J, I apologize for just murdering that name, posted on her Instagram in support of Erica Nardini. Former Boston Pride player Katie Burt also came out in support of Nardini and Barstool. The fractured messaging coming from the NWHL is just not going to work for a league that doesn't have a foothold and is still trying to find its legs. There we go. Two, uh, two leg and foot puns right there. Yep. Still trying to find its legs as a league. I, I just don't understand the, the message should be from the top and it should be uniform and it should be organized and it should at least feel like there's some sort of, widespread support behind it instead it feels like there's one faction of the nwhl that wants nothing to do with barstool one faction of the nwhl that thinks okay i don't like barstool but they've got money and it's right now erica nardini is arguably our biggest megaphone and then another faction of the nwhl says forget it we need money we're we're in if barstool wants to financially contribute it's there are no winners in this situation and there are 100 losers, no winners, and it's taking all the attention away from the games that the NWHL is playing, which is the worst part. Instead of the conversation being about the Toronto Six beating Buffalo last night or the White Caps making another run to the Isabel Cup Finals and who's the best team, it's about the NWHL versus Barstool. And entering a social media war with Barstool isn't the best idea. Considering how active their fans are on social media, it's taking all of the spotlight away from the games, and it is a shame. I think I think that's it. I think I got it out of my system.
1: I think you did, and it was very rational. Thank it, you. You know, and it, like you said, and. When you, you you came about yesterday, you're like oh my gosh, here's what's going on, blah blah. blah. I was blah. freaking out, and yes, you were freaking out, and I was trying to. It was like I couldn't tell which Peter to listen to. It was the agitated Peter? It was the frustrated Peter? It was the I'm going to jump on the tab- table Peter. It was tough to wrap my head around until I, I literally have to listen to it like four or five six times uh, to kind of get a piece of it. So that's why I kind of wanted Peter, kind of because it's his. It's a it's a true passion of his and for him to kind of throw it out there, and I think that was the best way to phrase it. Um, it's just tough when there's so many voices for one league. And from a simpletons, I'm not going to add or subtract from it, but I know you have principles, and if you need money for your league, I'm not sure how much of the principles – everybody's got to come together to find out what your principles are and then then go forward with it. But there's so many different pieces, so many people speaking out for the league. Nothing's getting accomplished, in, and, and when they're struggling to get – some following, and I know there's a cult following. The NHL already is a, is a is number four of all the of the, the professional four. Where NHL already fights with that, and any, oh, yeah. any hockey, kind of money.
0: Hockey as a sport is so low on everybody's totem pole.
1: So yeah, I mean, we fight to you know get games on national television. They're like, how come I can watch one hockey game a week on national television? So it's just a part of just trying to get out there and trying to get noticed and get more. Followers and get more recognition, and it's tough. When you know, it, you know, for example, people are like, "Oh, if NHL had a strike, they'd be like, mm, no big deal." I mean, that's almost what it feels like. It's like there was a disagreement amongst them, and every, on the other side, it was like, "Well, they're not the big of the league. No big deal." Is oh, it football? The, that's the, not football. Then we're fine.
0: No, 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 no. If if the NFL or the NBA shut down, I think baseball is kind of turning into hockey, where mm-hmm. they don't they don't exactly capture the the public, the youth, the imagination, the
1: current generation.
0: But if the if the NHL went on strike, then you know we'd move. It would eat up one cycle of news, and then we would move on. And the NWHL isn't even close to the NHL in terms of no. scope and spotlight. So when you're fighting for crumbs, I don't know if it makes a ton of sense to reject whatever falls off the plate.
1: Correct. Great way to phrase it. Thank you. So hopefully they'll come. All,
0: in. all I want is a sustainable professional league. We've already seen some issues with this with some of the highest-profile players leaving the NWHL to form the PWHPA. So there are problems. There are problems in the foundation. Yep. And those need to be resolved if this league has a chance at continuing.
1: And the NHL went through that too. Remember, those was WHL, NHL, and then all of a sudden the NHL just disbanded just but grabbed some Developed, But it was the W-H-L. same thing. Or the AFL and football. I was like, uh, I don't like what you're doing, Big Daddy, so I'm going to go do my own thing. And yep. because there was any kind of organizational or leadership that was having issues. And then the small league just gets sucked up into the bigger league because they worked the differences out, or Big Daddy, or, or can I say Big Mommy in this case, <laughs> kind of takes over the, it says, hey, I'm, I got control of this. We're going to do it this way. And then, but there has to be that straight leadership that just speaks. Yep. Which, so thanks, Peter, for sharing that. I know that it means a lot to you. And, and it hopefully, does. hopefully things will subside and hopefully sides will come together and realize what's going on because it's really about the players um and not about us so. we would
0: we would hope and if the players want to drive the bus on this issue then i applaud them but it feels like so many different players have so many different opinions about what to do they gotta come it's together just not working
1: that's what a players a players that's union what a players union is players yeah. union speaks for the for the union
0: and even sometimes it doesn't speak for the union. No, sometimes it doesn't. The players' no. union screws over the I've sorry, seen unions that messes speak. over the
1: players. I've seen unions that only worry about themselves and not the re- the people. And that's where strikes and year long strikes make the city get ugly. So yep. that's in an ugly, any case not being ugly. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about some pretty performances, some great performances from three players this past week. We like to call the segment the fist bumps. We want to give some recognition to some gals that had great weeks in some, per, com, some capacity, and you maybe live on the north side, you might live on the south side, you live in the metro. You have no idea these players exist. So let me introduce you, first of all, to Eveleth Gilbert's eighth grader, Natalie Bergman. Why is she a big deal? This is why. She's an eighth grader. First varsity game she ever played on January 14. Her team beat Superior 5-4. to four. Not a big deal. She <laughs> recorded a hat trick and an assist in her first game, leading the Golden Bears in her offense. She t- Check this out. She challied t- her first Goal shorthanded, she's tallied her second goal with less than a minute remaining in the second, and in the third she recorded a shorthanded assist followed by another shorthanded goal within an 18-second span. Eighth grader, eveleth Gilbert, Natalie Bergman, and wow. then her next game, guess what she did? Golden indeed. She got a hat trick as well, so now she's two for two, and the the Bears are two and zero. Oh, so congratulations and fist bump to Natalie Bergman, another eighth grader, which you've heard the name before. The Bischoffs out of Grand Rapids. <laughs> this is another one in the great hockey players. Her name is Mercury. She's an eighth grader with the Grand Rapids Greenway Lightning.
0: Might be the best Bischoff of them all.
1: She might be. There's a few others. Uh, but for her, she's had a stellar year so far. She is leading the state right now in goals. She's leading the state in, in points. She's 13 goals. She has 8 assists for a 12, 21 points. So not only is she doing that as an 8th grader, now mind you, some of the competition maybe is not that great, but still, you're playing varsity hockey, and she's putting some numbers up, which are quite amazing. And we've actually seen Mercury at the peewee level. Now mind you, she's only an 8th grader. So you know. Yeah,
0: so last year, I think. So was last year, we challenge,
1: saw her. Yeah. We've seen her a handful of our tournaments. We've seen her at the Pee Wee class, uh, Pee Wee uh, challenge. challenge, and we've seen her at maybe a big one. I'm sure she's played on team there. But uh, in addition to her 21 points, two of her games she has had. Texas hat tricks so she is definitely um showing her time to break
0: out the showing her where so
1: fist bump to mercury and a great season she is having so far for sure last fist bump we always like to recognize a goalie that people we feel bad for goalies because there's some goalies that do some unbelievable things we talked about some goalies haven't given up goal this year they've played two games they've got shutouts out the window but this one's a special one this is a aliyah Grisius, hope I'm saying that correct, this, she's out of Winona. She plays for the Windhawks. Windhawks are not winning right now. They're, I don't want to call them the Lose Hawks. That's what I <laughs> called them when I was growing up as a kid. <laughs> anyway, the, so Winona has lost her first three games of the, of the season. The one they went to bring up that brought her on to my radar is the fact that they lost a 4-1 game to uh, Rochester Century last week. She took 90 shots. They lost 4-1. to oh, So she had 80 six saves it's, it's the pretty good. sixth most all-time and regular season game according to minnesota state high school league so i had to dig a little bit because i'm like there's nobody just stops 86 and me and peter were chatting in our pre our precast i believe there was a gal last year that had 90 saves i think but i'd have to really dig deep on that one but anyway so i had to dig a little bit to find out what this gal so grisius i i know that was a tough game but but when you have 86 saves, you only gave up four goals. She had a save percentage of 956, so she was standing on her head—no pun intended. <laughs> so on the season, she has three games so far that she's played. Obviously, she's 0 three. But the point is, she's taken, she's made 181 saves. 181 Jeez. saves. Her save percentage is 914. Not the best, but That's pretty good though. It's not too bad. I mean, you're you're saving 90 percent of the shots. So if your team gets a few more goals, Winona. If you're listening, I hope you are, um, we're sticking up for you, and we're, we're cheering for uh, Aliyah this year to hopefully get a couple more Ws. Keep up the hard work. So a fist pump goes to Aaliyah Grissias and an unbelievable start to her season. And, by the way, not only is she doing amazing in the goaltending position, but she's also the same grade as Natalie Bergman and Mercury Bishop. She's an eighth grader. So we
0: got three eighth graders. Three eighth graders pump. this week. How about
1: week. that? So not too bad as you're starting off your high school careers in that perspective. Yep. And
0: one quick note before we move into the three questions. Note I can, it. I can hear you sighing over there because I threw in the one quick note. No. Um doing a little, uh, little update on the NWHL. Last night, the rivalry that has captured the league, Toronto versus Buffalo, the Six versus the Buttes, my Toronto Six. I'm the biggest Toronto Six fan in the Twin Cities. I own a Toronto Six jacket. Yep. For goodness sake. Since the start. Yep, Toronto 6 over Buffalo. 4-2, to two, Brooke Boquist, Taylor Woods, Megan Quinn, and Emily Fluke. One goal each for Toronto. The first start of the game was Elaine Chule, who who allowed two goals in the game between the pipes for the 6. Autumn McDougall scored both goals for Buffalo. We're going to keep our eye on the NWHL as they slog through this uh, abbreviated season. Should be some uh, some good games coming up.
1: If you want to see a cool little locker room, Post game celebration, the dances, the dances oh, after the sixes gosh. first win, and now at the same time, remember, folks, that the NWHL is in a bubble up in Lake Placid. Yeah, um, so they're locked in. Uh, but the celebration that uh, the Toronto Six did after postseason and post game victory is pretty fun. You got to check it. I don't know if it's on their Twitter page or it's on the NW. Twitter page or maybe it's TSN. I can't remember which of the three, but you got to check it out. And so they and they got some pretty sick jerseys as well. If you're a big fan of oh, the
0: sickest jerseys,
1: the best jerseys in the league. Wow, easy, uh, easy. My vote would probably go for the Connecticut Whale because I'm an old Hartford fan, so I love the Are whale. Are whales your favorite animal? Uh, no, no, I like bears. Bears is my favorite animal of all time. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, Whatever. let's talk about favorites. Uh, favorite segment coming up here um, is Peter's three questions. It's rapid fire. Yeah. Not really rapid, but it sounds fun when I say rapid fire. <laughs> Question number one, go to Peter. Peter, what is your favorite
0: fruit? Uh, my favorite fruit is tomato because you can make tomato sauce you,
1: out of tomatoes. You do, yes, because it is a vegetable and it is a fruit. But let's talk about if you're just a hybrid fruit, like a traditional fruit would tr- be number one. traditional fruit?
0: Yeah. who? Probably pineapple. Oh, excellent choice. Pineapple—it's—it's it's one of those fruits though where you can only have one or two pieces because it's got so much sugar in it, which no, makes it so good. Especially
1: if it's freshly cut with fresh some fresh cut pineapple with cottage cheese, amazing. Or on my Hawaiian pizza with Canadian bacon. I like to put it in smoothies through my. Oh yeah, with some avocado, a little bit of spinach. If you have an all by itself pine- pineapple shake, it will drop your head. It it'll, is so
0: good. It'll change your life. You got pineapple. that
1: natural—that's natural sugar, which is so yummy. It's just so good. So yummy. All right, next question for Peter. Peter, if you could retire a number in the NHL right now that is not retired, what number would you retire? Jersey, number, team?
0: Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one and pick a Jersey number that I think should be retired throughout the league. Mm -hmm. It would be kind of hard to do because it's a pretty popular number, but I believe that Willie O'Ree's 22 should be retired throughout the league. Willie O'Ree, the first black hockey player in the NHL. Uh, at least he gets credit for it. They may there may have been somebody before him, but the records don't show that. So twenty two, I would like to see twenty two retired from the I, NHL. If like I do Jackie remember, Robinson's I think I thought
1: the, Boston was going to actually retire his number. I think a, Boston is a did, team. But I,
0: I want to see it done league wide.
1: You want to go Jackie Robinson or Wayne Gretzky? I gotcha. Yeah, I shouldn't say Wayne Gretzky. That's just because he's the only jersey retired through the league. Is he officially league wide retired? Yep. Nobody can. Really? Nobody can wear ninety nine. Wow. Nobody. But then Jackie Robinson again is the. Is I, saw, the I saw a
0: kid wearing '99 this weekend.
1: You got to have some, cojones to wear '99 <laughs> as youth, and I always joke about that because every time you see a kid that um, that wears '99, you're going,
0: "You got to have some guts."
1: I remember there was a story about. Do you remember why Jesse Ventura when he used to play these pro-am games – Do you remember Jesse Ventura? Of course, I remember. Professional Jesse wrestler, Ventura. governor of Minnesota for one term. He when when they would play, um, pro-am hockey games, he would always wear the jersey 100, and they go. Jesse, why are you wearing 100? He goes, because I'm one better than Wayne. Oh, my gosh. Arrogant. Question what number three, guy. Peter, for you. Arizona or Florida, which of those two would be your favorite location for a vacation? Uh, I got to go with
0: Arizona. I think that I am more of a West Coast kind of person. I've been to 39 states out of the 50. and But I haven't been to Florida or Arizona. And if I had to make a choice, it would be Arizona.
1: Wow. And you brought the Arizona jacket so I can see where I that's I did.
0: I've got my uh, my Southwest style uh, snap front jacket today. So maybe I maybe I knew you were gonna ask me about You might Arizona.
1: be. I'm looking outside to see if there's a horse bridled up to the,
0: the post. Dude, I wish. I'd that, get I'd get home a lot faster if I was riding a horse.
1: You could. Would you take the you take the freeway still or you go the back roads? I would go the back roads.
0: There's nothing quite like riding a horse through wilderness. You could
1: take the Minnesota River and just kinda loop up and Come up to the Fort Snelling and just shoot straight up? Well, when I was a
0: kid, I pretended to be Davy Crockett all the time. So it'd be like reliving everything I ever wanted.
1: Wow. I never know. thought of it that wow, way. Wow,
0: we just got really deep right there. Usually I only share that with my therapist.
1: Sure. <laughs> well... Um, this uh, I noticed. I looked at our time frame, so our time has come to an end. I believe so. Yes. Hopefully, so, I
0: recorded it this time.
1: Yeah, my fingers are crossed. But I first of all, I'd like to thank Peter for his uh, his insight, his knowledge, his research, thank you. as well as just his emotional sleeve that he's shown to like, all of you. Well, I saw it. You guys are hearing it, but I got to see it. Anyway, this is Todd Halk. I'd like to thank you all, folks, for listening to her ice because it is not his ice, and it never will be. No. So take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do I could hit refresh and forget
1: Used to keep it cool